I'm Dr. Meeta Singh and you are listening to Cut to the Chase. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 63, entitled Sleep. So today I'm going to open up with a question before I get into my overall quotes, which I would normally do for for most of our episodes. And the question is, is how important is sleep? Sleep is often taken too seriously, or excuse me, sleep is often not taken too seriously by many people. Even half of the people who know they really have a sleep disorder or sleep apnea still refuse to get or seek help. Sleep is not something that only determines whether or not you're tired or alert, but to simply put, sleep can save your life. That's how important sleep is. Sleep is needed for everyone so the body and mind can work correctly. Without it, it continuously lacks the many flirts with death. If you can sleep well and be thankful that you can because over 50 to 70 million people living in the U.S. today suffer from insomnia and can't fall asleep or stay asleep long enough. To them, sleep is a luxury. While others take it for granted or abuse it, just how important is sleep? And so today I've brought forth a good friend of mine, and I'm going to call her a good friend because of the simple fact that from the very first moment we had an encounter through a video chat, she asked me, she said, Gregory, do you snore? And now, listeners, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, my feature guest today, I, I met her through Instagram. We had laughs. We were chit-chatting and, and back and forth between Instagram and LinkedIn. But that obviously caught me off guard. Being a male, most males tend to say, no, I don't sleep. And they say, well, you know, maybe you should go ask your wife if you sleep. And so <laughs> the joke is, is basically I had to disclose to her, yes, I, I believe I do probably do sleep, uh, snore at night. And uh, it just provided for uh, a good laugh for the both of us. And so as I jump into one of my quotes before I introduce our feature guests, basically the quote starts out, there is nothing to cure insomnia like the realization that it's time to get up. Now, there is something very deep and profound when you think about that particular quote as it relates to sleep. And I just want us to marinate on that a little bit as I go into basically introducing our featured guests. So our featured guest today She's a board-certified physician focused on the applied, applied science of sleep. She is a sleep doctor whose work and research focuses on coaching the sleep muscles, which we'll talk with her about later on today. What that does is it helps maximizes the performance in both the individual, particularly as in athletes and sports teams, she also works with C-suite executives to help them with jet lag management and enhance sleep. She is a service chief of sleep medicine and section head and medical director at the Henry Ford Laboratory in Michigan. She did her training in psychiatrics at the Mayo Clinic and the sleep fellowship at the Henry Ford Hospital. She's a board certified by the American Board of Psychiatric and Neurology under the American Board of Medicine Specialists. 
as a psychiatric and sleep medicine subspecialist. So she also serves, and this was the other thing that I can consider her to be a dear friend. She also serves as a consultant for multiple NFL, NBL, NHL, and NBA professional teams. She also works with various collegiate and sports teams. As a part of her service in her clinic, she performs athletic sleep assessment with personal prescriptions for better sleep, and she helps sports teams and athletes with their travel management and focuses on addressing sleep deprivation based on jet lag and maximizing athletic performance. Her passion is lecturing and educating teams and athletes about the benefits of sleeping on sleeping and their performance. She also has spoken at the national conference aimed at educating sports leaders and business organizations about this subject. Her principal philosophy is to cut through the hype and the disinformation about sleep and prove an evidence based on guides that you getting a good night's sleep can benefit you holistically. She has also helped higher achievers develop and master their sleep. And without further ado, Dr. Mita Singh, do you have any opening remarks? Um, well, thank you for that introduction. I The only thing, I, and, and I know I sent you my uh, resume, but I, you know, I, my kids always tell them, tell me that I lecture them. So I'd like to say, I, I like to give talks, not lectures. <laughs> when it comes to sleep. I like to communicate on sleep, not lecture. Yeah. Totally, totally understand. And, uh, you know, I, I could see why a kid uh, would, would, would basically say that because probably the word lecture means that, hey, I'm in trouble with mommy and daddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is me. Well, let's kind of jump. Let's kind of jump into some of the questions. Uh, okay. You know, as we know, statistically, there's you know fifty to seventy million people out there that have some type of issue or or insomnia as it relates to sleep. You know, can you kind of, in your own words, describe you know just how important sleep really is to the body i mean it has so many impacts and so many adverse effects right right well so you know there is not a single aspect of uh, human physiology and you know human behavior that is not affected by poor sleep we can start at the very top greg so so think about you know um, any sort of brain function so the ability to um, take in information, you know, whatever information you learn during the day, your brain hits the save button while you're mm-hmm. asleep. So while you're asleep, so you, it's important for memory. It's important mm-hmm. for judgment. It's important because um, it helps you make decisions that are based on, you know, it, it helps you with good decision making. It helps you control your stress as well as your emotional response to something the next day. So it's like hitting a reset button at night that allows, that equips you with the ability to uh, face the next day. And, and uh, you know, you, it helps you f- um, uh, not just, not just um, face the, the stress the next day and the ability to cope 
with whatever the next day will bring. Okay. Sure, sure. That's, you know, all the brain function. Now, in um, it also helps you with reaction time. So, the, you know, if, mm-hmm. you, if you don't get enough sleep, your reaction time is delayed, your accuracy is delayed. Uh, uh, it ha- you know it helps you with c- emotional communication. So your ability mm-hmm. to uh, to look at a situation, to decide whether you want to respond or not, and then to dis- you know uh, respond or decide to walk away from the situation. All those steps in emotional regulation are based on getting a good night's sleep. But then right. you know, that's just that's just your brain uh, your brain function. It, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't get enough sleep, you're sleepy the next day, right? You're excessively and you can't pay attention. Uh, your your uh, there's an increased chance of you getting into a drowsy accident. So you may mm-hmm. actually endanger yourself if you don't get enough sleep. And then then there's also you know if you don't get enough sleep, uh, every every. A cell in your body and every organ in your body will suffer so it's like you know you need it for your heart health you need it for your lungs for your liver for your pancreas so it, it, you need it for a good functioning digestive system you need it right. for adequate metabolism i mean i'm just going down the list you really need sure. it for every body function to to be functioning at its optimal level right Right, and I and I think I think where you're heading, you know, uh, at least uh, the way I'm understanding it, you know, overall, you know, it it provides, you know, um, uh, a recharge, you know, to to the body. I mean, it's 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 a, it's uh, you know, the, if you look at the body as being a cell, um, you know, you need nutrients and 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 guidance, or or should I say, nutrients and fluid and water uh, to to kind of recharge, you know, the cells. And, and overall, you know, I, I'm going to be, you know, when you and I talked about this a while back, you know, I'm going to be guilty as charged because of the simple fact that some nights mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, you're working late or you're putting in long hours, you don't get a quality night's sleep, you know. And I know based on my age and where I'm at in my life, um, you know, I should be getting roughly seven, six and a half, seven hours of sleep. And in some nights, I really don't get that. But in other cases, as we talk about the importance of sleep, there's also kind of just the opposite aspect of that, because where we are today, you know, as we look at some of the things that adversely affect sleep with the fact that we have 70 some odd million people that can't really sleep well, what are some of those things that, you know, besides stress that really that you have seen in your practice that is affecting people's inability to sleep okay so there are a, a couple of different questions in that uh, you know sure. uh, what, sure. what mm-hmm. you just asked so i want to just i want to address um, each and every one of them so the first thing of all gregory is that you know sleep while you're asleep your brain and your body is forced to rest and it is disengaged from the environment and you're not responding and it's really really important we've already discussed all the reasons it's really important but i want you to think about you know if if normally people need 7 to 9 hours of sleep every 24 hours that means you spend a third of your life sleeping and so if if sleep did not you know if it if it wasn't responsible for something absolutely essential it would be a colossal wastage of time right i mean in, in, over evolution because while you're asleep 
you know, you can't defend yourself. If you were out in the wild, you'd be eaten by wild animals. So it, you know, it definitely has an essential function. That's number one. The second point that I want to talk about is you were talking about two separate issues. The first issue is if you are very busy and you are because you're putting a, you know, you're working late into the night, you have to wake up in the morning because of because you you have a um, uh, an appointment that you need to keep, then you get sleep deprived, which means you don't get enough time in bed. If, however, if, however, you are you have adequate time in bed, but because of your worry or stress, you can't fall asleep or stay asleep, you have insomnia. And, and mm-hmm. the difference is, is important to understand because they, they're different things and they, you, need to do, you need to address them in a different manner. So, for example, Gregory, if I, if I went to bed late because I got in a flight and I didn't get to bed till about one o'clock, but I had to wake up at five in the morning, um, you know, to get to work. That meant I got less sleep and that's sleep deprivation. If, mm-hmm. however, ever I got into bed at 10 o'clock, but then I kept worrying about being on your podcast the next day and did not sleep. <laughs> and, and that kept me awake and I didn't fall asleep till one o'clock, but I had to wake up at five. That's insomnia. So those are two. Do you see how they're two separate things? Oh, absolutely. 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 You know, there are the the best solution for sleep deprivation is to make sure you get enough sleep. And the way you do that is, you know, you try to go to bed earlier. You try to maybe catch a nap, etc. You may, you know, you may sleep in a little longer. That's the solution. However, the insomnia part, which is difficulty initiating and maintaining sleep, that has to be addressed by first finding out why you have insomnia, which is the the last question you had asked. And, right. You know, and and you may have people that have insomnia because of multiple reasons. You know, there are some people who are predisposed to developing insomnia whenever they are stressed, and that stress could be any form of stress. It could be you know interpersonal stress. It could be you know stress at work. It could be um, you know drinking a cup of coffee too late. Mm-hmm. Because caffeine can be stressful to your system. Uh, so, you know, these are the people who will, you know, whenever they're stressed out, they will have problems with their sleep and and will develop insomnia. Or yeah. it could be, you know, for some people, it could be that they're night owls and they're trying to go to bed too early. So if you're a night owl and you naturally fall asleep at two in the morning and you try to go to bed at 10, well, you're going to get insomnia. Right, because you can't fall asleep, or it could be, um, it could be that that um, you know you've you've drunk a lot of caffeine, or you've done something that is very physiologically activating, like you've exercised really late into the night, and you you've not you can't wind down anymore, and mm-hmm. and that prevents you from falling asleep. You may have had a stressful, you know, work. Um, day or you're working really late into the night and you're working all the way on your computer or on your cell phone and then you decide to turn it down off and you expect to fall asleep well that's not going to happen because you know it takes a while for people to be able to wind down and fall asleep so they can you know and and that's kind of important to assess because we you know we just talked about five six different reasons why people would have difficulty sleeping so you need so 
each of these reasons have to be individually explored so that we can individually address them. Sure, sure. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that you know I've uh, I've recently read just just based on the last couple of weeks of uh, of us talking about doing this podcast is the fact of you know with the numbers of people you know between fifty and seventy million having sleep issues, the fact of the medication that folks have to take in order to be able to go to sleep yeah. is there is there um, is there some adverse effects um, that occur with with the fact of uh, you know folks having to take medication to to be able to get into the the deep sleep uh, in order to fulfill you know their their needs of rest I mean what what are your what are your thoughts on 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 that well there there are definitely adverse effects to most of the sleeping medications and in fact uh, you know medications like your audience will be aware of Ambien uh, for example have a black box warning on them because uh, there is an increased chance of people might get up and they may you know indulge in behaviors and not form memory of it and sometimes people have you know, taking the medication, got into the car and driven somewhere, got into an accident or walked out of their houses, etc. So all of these medications, they come with significant side effects. There's an increased risk of memory issues. There's even increased risk of um, of death. So, so, so you have to be very careful before you take medication. So I would, I would say to your audience that if you're having issues with falling or staying asleep, you need to get in touch with your primary care doctor who can then who can then explore this with you and then, if need be, refer you to a board certified sleep medicine doctor. The thing about the thing about insomnia is that the you know according to the practice parameters, the initial step of treating the insomnia is not medication it's mm-hmm. CBTI or cognitive behavioral therapy in which, you know, all the reasons why you have insomnia are explored and then strategically on a weekly manner uh, uh, basis, sorry, on a weekly basis, uh, you know, uh, there are there are strategic steps that you can take that will help you address the insomnia. Does that help? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pre- appreciate your insight on that. So <clears throat> my next question kind of stems from, you know, what we discovered uh, earlier on in, in, you know, my introduction of introducing you for the podcast, which is you talk about coaching your sleep muscles. Exactly what is that? Can you explain that to our listeners? Well, so, you know, that came about because I had, you know, in my background is that I work a lot with professional athletes and professional Mm -hmm. athletic teams. And, uh, you know, as these athletes and teams are becoming more and more aware of sleep, one of the ways to get them to listen would be to talk about sleep the same way that you would talk about a muscle, which is, you know, you can work it, you can, um, you can build upon it, and you can even alter it in some way. And that's, that's how that phrase came about. It was actually my, my mentor, Dr. Thomas Roth, who I work with, who suggested this name. And it sort of caught on, um, uh, you know, for for your audience, uh, I think it might be a good idea. And I know you didn't ask me this question, but I, I think it's a good idea to talk about like three aspects of sleep that they would be interested in. It would be the quantity of sleep, 
the quality sure. and the timing of sleep. And we already touched upon we already touched upon the quantity of sleep, Gregory, because we you know for adults the recommended time is seven to nine hours. Uh, for you know, and, and if you get less than six hours, you're likely to have deficits in performance the next day. But mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. the quality of sleep is what you were referring to. Like you know, if you drink, you you want to make sure that that bedroom is cold and dark and it's quiet because um, you know if you drink too much caffeine, for example, it may for some people it may not prevent them from falling asleep, but you don't go into the deeper stages of sleep. You do, you know, similarly, if you drink a lot of alcohol alcohol it might help you fall asleep but then the way it's metabolized you it it will fracture your sleep and you'll wake up more often so it'll ruin the quality of your sleep but but the other thing Gregory is also the timing of sleep and this is kind of important because we live in this 24-hour society and so that you know all of us we have a clock in our brain it's called your biological clock or circadian Mm -hmm. clock Mm -hmm. And, and and one of the things it decides is what time you're sleepy and what time you wake up. And for example, it, it uh, you know, it, it, so some people are morning people and they're, you know, they're easily fall asleep early, easily wake up early and they have, they feel more awake in the early morning hours or during the day while others are night owls and, you know, they go to bed late and then they, they can, they would prefer to sleep in and they're more active at night. So, mm-hmm. you know, so for example, and this is just an example for them to understand is that for for your audience to understand. So, for example, I'm a morning person and I like to go to bed at, you know, between 9.30 and 10 and wake up at okay. 6 and wake up at 6. And, you know, for example, you may be a night owl and you may go to bed at midnight and wake up, you know, at, at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, for, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. for me, midnight is the middle of the night. But for you, midnight is the beginning of the night. So, sure. So the timing of sleep is a very individual thing. And that's another thing that people should take into consideration because it's best to live or best to try to align your sleep according to your own biological clock. Right, right. And I think you're you're basically uh, emphasizing, you know, find your routine yes. so that uh, it becomes a repeatable habit. Um, there's probably nothing worse for me, where sometimes, as uh, we were talking before, you know, I fall asleep on the couch, I end up getting a very extensive power nap uh, after, you know, sitting behind the computer for eight or nine hours. And then I wake up in, you know, the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep because I've had such a, such a, you know, a delightful uh, power nap. And, uh, you know, that broken sleep for me sometimes occurs uh, on and off, depending upon, you know, if I get too comfortable on the couch, which we all do, you know, sometimes you find your favorite spot at home and you want to relax and maybe you're sitting down chatting with the family. And then the next thing you know, you're, you're into a, uh, a deep cat nap. <laughs> right, right. So let, let's talk about just for a minute, because I, obviously when you're on that couch napping, you know, while you're watching TV, it's the TV that's watching you, not, you know, not, not the other Perfect. way. But exactly. But when you nap, you know, that's, you know, if napping at that time is a bad thing because it's, you're, you're basically taking away from that sleep drive that you've accumulated during the day that you are going to use to help you fall asleep, which is basically mm-hmm. the number of hours of wakefulness, right? The longer you stay awake, 
uh, the sleepier you should be. So if you're going to nap, you, you know, you don't want to nap too close to your bedtime because that will take away from the quality of your sleep. It would probably be better if you kept yourself active by being up and about and then, you know, pushing your bedtime slightly uh, delayed and then getting into bed actually when you're when you are actually sleepy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not that it happens uh, often, but certainly when it does, it's uh, it, it makes me want to go back to work after I've had one of those uh, extended power naps and it's, uh, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning right. and you can't sleep. <laughs> well, so, and to be honest, a power nap would be 20 to 25 minutes. You know, by definition, it would be a shorter nap. And that itself right. would help you be alert for the next three, four, four, two, three to four hours. But you know, if you're going to, if you're napping for about sixty to ninety minutes, um, then you, you know, that no longer qualifies. That's a granddaddy nap, nap, not not a power nap. <laughs> I knew I was going to get a term out of you for that. <laughs> oh, that's too funny, too funny. Well, listen, um, you know, there, there's always, you know, folks that are looking to understand you know, how to optimize, how to get a better quality, you know, how to kind of take ownership of being able to to basically fulfill getting a quality night's rest. I mean, like, you know, my wife has always been bugging me, and I think we've gone through several mattresses because of the softness, the firmness, the, the air versus this versus that, you know, as far as, you know, wanting to have a, a quality mattress to be able to get a, a much more quality sleep. <clears throat> but in your practice, you offer enhancement tools, you know, for the athletes and for your C-level uh, executives that kind of basically help them optimize their sleep and take ownership of how they spend a third of their lives. Could you provide our listeners with some of those uh, examples? Sure, sure. I mean, I would say very simply, can you hear me, by the way? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, I wasn't seeing the signal. Okay, so very simply, think simple things like keeping your bedroom cold and dark. Um, uh, you know, a, a cooler mattress is always preferable. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you want to, you you don't want to bring your electronics into your bedroom. So, staying off that cell phone. You know, don't you don't want to be on social media, too close to your bedtime, etc. Uh, you don't want to drink caffeine or alcohol too close to your bedtime. Those are all simple general principles. All, also, you don't want to eat, you know, large spicy meals right before you go to bed because remember your stomach, you know, and the liver and all your, the, the digestive system also wants to sleep at that point and it wants to rest. So you want to allow it to rest at that time. So mm -hmm. those are just general principles. But you want to ask yourself a few questions. Like, do you feel that when you wake up in the morning and as the day goes by, do you feel, uh, do you, feel you have enough energy? Or do you need caffeine to just get through uh, the day? The second question, which is really important, is are you getting more sleep when you are off or on your weekends versus what you're getting during your weekdays. Because if that's what you're doing, that you know, that just means that you're playing catch up and on the weekends, weekdays, you're not getting enough sleep. And this mm. 
very common, right? Uh, during the week mm-hmm. or during your work days, you're you know getting six or maybe five or six hours, and then on the weekends you get twelve hours, um, and then you do that cycle on a on a regular basis. You you know you chronically or you're playing catch up, and that's right. bad for you because uh, you know not that not that you should not be getting enough sleep when you can, which is the weekend. But that repeated cycle has been shown to have detrimental effects on your um, metabolic health and, you know, increases the risk of heart disease and uh, diabetes, etc. So that itself is bad for you. And so having a little bit, uh, having a regular schedule always is helpful. And for people who are chronically not getting enough sleep, you know, I would suggest instead, even if you can go to bed 15 to 20 minutes earlier, even if you can start that winding down process, maybe half an hour earlier, getting a little and adding adding a few uh, minutes to your sleep, even that is helpful. The other thing, Greg, is is developing a good winding down schedule. And the reason this is very important is because Oftentimes people are, you know, they're on their phones or they're playing video games or they're, you know, on social media or they might even be working. And we talked about this a little bit uh, a while ago. And then they shut it off and they turn over and and then think and then they're surprised they can't fall asleep. Well, right, right. You know, even, you know, even an airplane when it's about to land, it has to go through different maneuvers so that it can land uh, and, and safely yeah, yeah safely and so uh, i would say you know about 45 to minutes to an hour before you think you want to fall asleep you want to stop with the electronic cues maybe a hot shower maybe some sort of stretching exercises maybe meditation uh maybe you could read a book or do something mm-hmm. quiet and relaxing it, that would be a great time for praying or, you know, if you have a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. all things that help you wind down and would actually make it easier for you to fall asleep. Right, right. Well, certainly this is uh, this has been very insightful. Um, lots of great information that has come out of this discussion regarding sleep. And uh, basically, I would like to ask at this point in time, do you have any, any final comments or, or takeaways that you'd like to leave with our audience? You know, I would say think of sleep as an investment for your next day. Uh, You know, we live in a very busy world and people are always trying to get a lot done. Mm -hmm. The quality of what you can get done the next day is enhanced, you know, significantly if you prioritize your sleep. Right, right. Yeah, we're going to have to use that one as a, as a quote, and I have to frame that one, <laughs> particularly for me sometimes when I'm uh, working these crazy projects and, and long hours. Right. Well, Dr. Mita, I certainly appreciate your time, your wisdom, your expertise and knowledge. It has been a sure delight connecting with you, getting to know you, understanding more about your practice, and basically, most importantly, becoming a good friend because at this point in time, you know, it's, uh, it's important to have a lot of friends out there where you can reach out and, uh, and grasp that knowledge. Um, 
because we're in a very tumultuous time in the world today. And uh, every now and then people just need to have friendships, companionships and, and colleagues that are that are there to support not only morally, physically, but provide them with uplifting spirit. And uh, I think overall, you've done that quite well as we've talked about sleep. And you've done that from the first time that we met, as I mentioned to uh, our listeners early on, which is rather funny, by the way. You know, I did go ask my wife, do I sleep at night? Do I snore at night? And she says, do you snore? (laughs) Well, anyway, this is. I was going to say, I could not agree more. It's. You know, it is, it is time that everybody, we, we ought to support each other as much as mm-hmm. possible. And I, I really appreciate you having me on your podcast and giving me a uh, platform to uh, to speak. I really appreciate Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Well, certainly uh, this has been a delight and it's definitely been a pleasure for me. And to our listeners out there, we hope that you grasp some knowledge from this episode. and. If you're not sleeping well, as uh, Dr. Mita has um, wisely advised, you know, seek out the proper medical attention. And then from there, uh, seek out, you know, any additional specialized help that you would need to get yourself back on track and back in order. Because the benefits of a great night's sleep, as a wise person once told me, is extremely important. And so without further ado, folks. This has been episode 63, entitled Sleep. I'm your host, Gregory Proctor. Cut to the chase. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye.